Hi, it's dating coach Chris Luna from Craft Charisma. Welcome to the Craft Charisma podcast, our free audio coaching program where we interview the top experts in the world at helping you become the man you've always wanted to be. My guest today is Garrett Don. Garrett is a radical life and business innovation consultant. He is the owner and head trainer at Command Z, a company that focuses on undoing bodily tension to help people break free of mental restrictions and to take control of their lives. Thank you so much, Garrett, for coming on the show today. Oh yeah, thanks for having me, guys. So can you tell me a little bit about kind of your background, what you do, how you got into it? Yeah, it's it's been kind of a long road uh, that led me here, but uh, I'll give you the short version is that I started looking for ways to change, uh, change and improve my life in a lot of different aspects. And of course, there's millions of books and uh, equally millions of methods and people that'll tell you exactly how to do that. Uh, unfortunately, most of that stuff doesn't work at all. And the stuff that does work doesn't really, didn't give me any permanent changes that I wanted in my life. Uh, now, I did try quite a bit uh, of more effective approaches too, stuff like martial arts, which will change your life if you stick with it, uh, rock climbing, and some different, uh, you know, body-based type adventures, uh, but still wasn't really getting the type of breakthroughs and the type of advancements I wanted in my life. You know, I wanted to move from working a job into doing a business and work, move from, you know, feeling like I had to manipulate everything uh, or feeling angry or manipulated by my own emotions all the time and unable to do exactly what it was I wanted to do in each moment. Uh, it took a long time to even become aware of that. And we can talk about that a little bit later with some of the more undoing type stuff. But uh, yeah, basically I'd searched through everything I could possibly find and was pretty frustrated with my life. And then finally came across uh, some more body-based approaches to breaking apart tensions, that kind of thing. And those really struck me as effective and powerful in comparison to everything else I had tried, you know, all kinds of meditation, all kinds of occult studies, uh, mysticism and Eastern religion, Western uh, esotericism, you know, you name it, I got into it. But discovering these uh, body-based techniques and they come from a variety of different uh, teachers, but I found a real specific guy that was working on this stuff and got pretty deep into it. Ended up helping him complete some of his work. Uh, that was Dr. Christopher Hyatt, for anyone who's interested in checking out uh, some other sources of this stuff. Uh, and then I studied anyone I could get my hands on in terms of that material. Uh, and started working with people for free for many years uh, so I could learn about how the body works and how tension works. Uh, to restrict people in their lives. Uh, so I got into it that way, I worked with a teacher for some time and then on my own. Uh, and then with a former business partner, we worked on it together privately with each other for a couple of years. And then that's where the business sprung out of. So that's how I got into it. And I started realizing I could duplicate these results with other people. So I was able to accomplish all the things I wanted to accomplish, get out of my own way and start experiencing a pretty dramatically different approach to life. And then I noticed that was possible for most people, but they didn't really, weren't even aware that it is a possibility, number one. And then number two, had no idea how to get there. And most of what's available in the marketplace is not aimed in that direction. So I wanted to fill that void. And that's what you find at Command Z. Super cool. I want you to talk a little bit about the general kind of process and purpose of undoing. Okay. So undoing is one of our major, the major components in Command Z, one of the approaches to, um, to changing your life. Uh, the general process is that you're approaching conflicts in your life through your body. Uh, and you can see the body as 
an expression of, of what's been called the unconscious mind. It's something that's there, but that's not often paid very much attention unless it's giving you troubles. So the purpose of undoing is to bring that unconscious content, particularly of the body, into your awareness through different exercises and most often through increasing uh, the tensions that you're already doing in your body. Now notice I said you're doing tensions. That's important later. So we undo those tensions in the body first, which then unravels the conflicts in the mind that are holding the tensions in place. Now the conflicts in the mind that are responsible for that are often all of the same type. And it's the difference, a conflict between what you think should be happening or your ideas, fantasies, and expectations about what's supposed to be going on in your experience of your life versus what's actually happening. So undoing gets you back into awareness of what's actually happening around you. Okay, so for you guys, in terms of like a dating situation, you could think of it as getting out of your head so you can see what's actually going on, say in a bar or in a, in a situation where you want to approach somebody or to meet someone new. Uh, if you can tell the difference between your fantasies and your ideas about things, you know, there's no real princess in the room, you know, but you might be acting as if there's someone completely untouchable and unreachable to you. So why is that? Well, that's those conflicts in your mind. If you can step around those, the entire world opens up for you in, in magnificent ways. Uh, so we do that through the body because obviously people are already lost in their minds. So adding more content there doesn't usually accomplish anything. And we can talk more about that in terms of uh, the hypnosis approach that we use with the undoing. I think we'll get through a lot of these things through the course of this conversation because I think there's some really interesting ideas here. You mentioned when guys walk in the room, this kind of conflict between their expectations, fantasies, ideas, what they want to happen and actually being in the moment. And I see this all the time with guys approaching girls, for example, in relationships, all aspects, but we oftentimes will end up talking about how do you approach somebody or stuff related to approaching people? Because I know it's a big fear for a lot of guys and really it's your entry point into kind of getting into the game, being able to have a relationship, being able to have more of the people you want or that a person wants in their life. But oftentimes the, the guys who I'm coaching will have a fantasy or an expectation of, of the way they want this person to respond instead of kind of just being in the moment and reacting and, and, uh, reacting, adapting, just kind of being there, being present. So I mean, it makes yeah, sense. Exactly. Well, that's the approach that I use to, um, to hypnosis in general is that, well, what'll often happen is I meet people who have tried hypnosis before and they'll have had a bad experience. So someone will have tried to hypnotize them and that person may have had one or two techniques or approaches that they're relying on. And when those didn't work, they get upset with the client. So then that turns a lot of people off, of course. But the approach I use with that is there is nothing wrong that can happen in the session. No matter what happens with the person, if they're not responding the way I want them to, then that's giving me more data. I can see what they're resisting and why, and then do things to deal with that and handle it. So if you're aware of what's going on, instead of the way I want them to respond, then I'm able to flow with that and, and take steps to navigate the situation. And it's the same in those in those situations with guys, if they can see what's really going on, if their approach didn't work the way they wanted, or if say the girl starts laughing at them or whatever, that's a perfect time for them to take another step. You know what I mean? Assess what's going on, adjust and roll with it. And of course that's gonna help in long-term relationships too. That makes absolute sense. There's a, there's a ton of other questions that I wanna ask you, but can you take a moment and just kind of define what hypnosis is? I don't have a lot of experience with hypnosis, but 
having somebody who's an expert on the, on the subject matter, having them explain what that is to them would be helpful. Yeah, that's great. That's a great place to start. I always start there with uh, any of the hypnosis workshops that we do and everything. And then with every client, we go through it again. The basic idea here, and then I'll explain how and why it works. And this will help with uh, understanding the undoing uh, as part of it. So the basic idea is that you have 12% of your mind is like uh, the conscious mind, the conscious aware mind. Then the, the other huge part of the mind is the unconscious. Okay. And then between those two, you have what's called the critical mind. And sometimes that manifests as the internal critic that we all know and love, but that critical mind separates uh, the two and decides what's going to be filtered out or what's going to go in as a suggestion. So uh, that's why what so often happens, we have a conscious intention to change something about our life, but we're familiar. So like smoking or overeating, then when you go to change it, the unconscious mind finds those things familiar and it favors familiarity. So it sticks with uh, the, the behavior, even though the conscious mind wants to change it. So what we do in hypnosis is you start by overwhelming that critical layer of the mind to the point of anxiety, which leads to that primitive fight or flight response. And then that allows the mind to escape into the state of hypnosis. So into a deep state of awareness and presence, but without the hassle of the critical mind analyzing and rejecting all the things you want to put into your unconscious. So then from there, that's been overwhelmed. You're able to put in suggestions that you want. Uh, one example of this is, so like we said, the unconscious works on familiarity. So imagine a guy is completely unfamiliar with feeling good and confident in social situations and approaching uh, women on that level. So the unconscious mind doesn't differentiate between an imagined scene and then a so-called real scene in your uh, sensory experience. So knowing that you can, in hypnosis, then create scenes or visualizations or experiences uh, of comfort and ease and confidence that the person undoubtedly has experienced in some aspect of your, of your life, bring those up and then put those into an imagined situation where the guy is approaching women and do that with a lot of sensory descriptions. And then through doing so, and then adding a few suggestions uh, to help boost the ego and self-esteem there, the person will find that it, that it becomes easier. The unconscious will allow them to feel at ease in the new situation in real life, having done that. Now, when you add the undoing into it, what we're doing is, uh, again, that's helping to overwhelm the critical mind through all these message units coming in through the body movements of the undoing stuff. But it's also breaking apart emotional bonds and reactive tendencies that happen in the body. So if you get upset, you might be squeezing not only your face, but also your shoulders are coming up and then your ass is squeezing and all that's sending a message back to your brain to be angry and afraid. So we break apart those processes get you back in touch with yourself. And then the hypnosis uh, approaches can work even more deeply and, and more effectively. How do you overwhelm the critical mind and how does physicality or body movement come into play there? Well, for example, if you came in and you wanted to work on, for example, being able to meet women more, you know, we just, first we talk for a while and assess different aspects of your personality. And of course, that conversation is going to be pretty personal. So that's adding in a lot of message units already into that critical mind. So that conversation starts to get pretty deep, find out more about you, you might talk about past rejections to know how you interact with people and discover more about your behavior and then what your real desires are. So for example, there's types of guys who really shouldn't be going to bars to meet people because it's just not who they are. They're not the bro type, you know, that's going to interact well in that situation. But those people might like doing artwork or might like doing a few different types of hobbies and could go into those situations 
and find situations like that where they could meet women in a different way that's going to be more conducive to the life they want to live. For an example, so we'd identify all those kinds of things, get that out of the way in the beginning so it's pretty organic. Then I might have you do some exercises like stretching your face really slowly uh, for five minutes. Now that's going to be adding, again, more message units, more physical data to your mind. Then we might talk about the unconscious mind and draw some diagrams and take a look at how, how the hypnosis approach works. And then at that point we may um, I do two different approaches. One is to do the hypnosis first and then the undoing stuff. And then the other approach is to use the undoing to lead into the hypnosis. So we might use some of the physical, physical exercises to help overwhelm uh, the mind of a person whose mind is just racing and they're trying to analyze everything constantly. Bring them back to the body first, then go into the uh, hypnotic state. So one example is rolling up into a ball and squeezing all your muscles as tensely as you can for about three minutes. Uh, doing that exercise alone, by the way, is, is amazing. It'll, it'll get you super relaxed. If you have trouble going to sleep, that's a great one. But have them roll into that and really focus on squeezing their body as tightly as they can. So that's completely overwhelming to the critical mind. There's no way you're going to be thinking about your problems or anything else when you're squeezing every muscle in your body for three minutes and trying to keep breathing. Then at the end of that, you give a loud shout, flail all your limbs out, and at that point, I help them drop into a hypnotic state because, of course, their body's entered into fight or flight. It wants to get the hell out of that position. Then you allow that to happen, and then they can drop into that state, and then we can go from there with whatever experience it is they want to create. Can you elaborate on the connection between kind of mind and body and how body tensions hinder us mentally? Yeah, there's a lot of places we can go with that, too. There's So, for example, if your shoulders are pulled up and tense, and there's muscles up in the neck that connect into the rib cage. So if those muscles are activated to pull the rib cage up for breathing, what that does is send a message to the brain that there's an emergency happening. When that occurs, then the brain uh, continues adding more tension because it's trying to analyze what's going on in terms of an emergency happening due to those muscles being restricted up in the neck. So if you know that, you can pull those shoulders up and hold them up for a minute, really feel the kind of tension you're doing in your body and then let it go. And when you let it go, after accentuating it and bringing it into your awareness, you'll be more relaxed than you were when you started. Then that stops the emergency signal going to the brain, which allows more blood and oxygen flow there, which then gives you the ability to see the full range of options that you have available. So when we have more options, then we feel more free uh, and can make choices based on what we want instead of feeling forced into something. So that's one example just with the shoulder tension. Another way to see it is through the facial muscles. Uh, if you make a sad face in the mirror um, and at the same time as trying to feel happy, it's almost impossible. You can't usually match the feeling without having the facial muscles expressing that emotion as well. So every day you could pick a new emotion, look in the mirror, and make that emotion as strongly and as tensely as you can. And, and what will happen is it will automatically transform at some point. And going through that teaches your brain a new way of experiencing emotions. So by breaking up those tensions in the face consistently, you're not carrying an emotion into a new situation. Because we all pick up on that. If you see someone walk into the room and they're looking all upset, everyone notices and feels and sees that right away. Uh, so when you're aware of what you're bringing into a new situation, you can almost craft uh, the experience. Uh, the uh, We call it the ambiance administration. Uh, so even if you're sad, you could go into a room and bring to that room whatever uh, emotion you want to experience. You want to feel better, then you can start 
acting that out a little bit. Uh, and the idea here is that other people will reflect it back to you. And what happens is the brain chemicals are actually contagious. So you're taking a step. It's a little bit of acting, but it does end up changing your brain chemistry to the emotion you want. Uh, so those are some ways we use the body uh, with the mind. Now, also, as you do this work and get more in touch with your body and uh, get the mind out of your way, it's much easier to see what's going on for other people and to be aware uh, if you've gained rapport with them or not. You know, and that should be uh, step number one is knowing about rapport, of course, if you're going to meet people and talk. Basically, yeah, in terms of the mind and body connection, uh, I mean, there is no separation, although the mind seems to be floating out there somewhere full of fantasies and thoughts. The basic idea, if you keep the mind focused on the body at all times, rapport is going to be super simple. Just because you're aware of what's actually going on, you can see the signals that another person's giving off. And then, as I said, the more undoing you do, the more you become aware of that and, and uh, just automatically begin to sense uh, what's going on for other people and be able to adjust as you, as you need to. It's interesting, as you were talking about the idea of practicing these different facial expressions mm -hmm. to, I mean, you talked about a couple different purposes, but one of the things that actually came to mind was when the guy, some of the guys I coach have a tendency to become stone-faced. Mm -hmm. And and so it's a consequence of upbringing. You see this a lot with uh, guys who are have Asian uh, uh, Asian heritages or a uh, heritage from like family from Asia or Eastern Europe. I mean, there's some reasons I've talked about, interviewed other people uh, who are experts in body language and they've talked about why this is. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that that's interesting is oftentimes these guys will be feeling great but they won't be smiling because they've trained themselves to kind of have a, a kind of a more stern face and still feel emotions. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes they'll have to practice smiling. And I know I had to do this, maybe not to the same extreme, but when I was starting to learn a lot of these emotions, I would have to actually practice smiling because I spent too many of my teenage years not smiling. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I had to practice smiling and, and my action, actually my, facial uh, muscles some of them hurt after after doing this until i i kind of built up the i built up the the strength does this make sense to you oh yeah it makes a lot of sense and uh doing the face stretching you know uh, really helps open that door uh just moving and stretching all the muscles in the face as as much as you can with a lot of tension while continuing to breathe you know real slowly working on that five minutes, like three times a day. Um, I remember when I was at university, I was doing that, sneak off to the bathrooms, you know, in the middle of the day, just stretch my face and everything. But uh, it really made it so I didn't have to study much. And I was pretty aware of what was going on and was able to really sail through school that way. You know, no test anxiety or anything like that. So having that body awareness is just huge for, for everything in your life. I mean, look at what situation have you experienced where your body wasn't a part of it, you know what I mean? It's there all the time and it can help or hinder you in every situation. Dating coach Chris Luna here. This is the perfect time to take a quick break to talk to you about three simple things that you can do to dramatically change your life. First, listen to this entire podcast and then subscribe through SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher. This way you'll immediately be notified every time we share a new release. If you listen and apply the ideas we discuss on these podcasts, it will change your life forever. Second, go to craftchristmas.com, create an account, and become a member of our community. 
There you can read articles, listen to podcasts, watch videos, ask us questions, and document your journey in our forums. Great men don't become great on their own. All great men are members of a community, and Craft Charisma is your community. Finally, if you're serious, and I know that you are, about making massive changes to your life as quickly as possible, check out our live coaching programs on our website. Craft Charisma live programs are the fastest way to improve your dating and social life. And who knows? Attend our live programs, let us get to know you, and you may end up as a member of the Craft Charisma team. Again, thank you for listening. Now back to the podcast. What other suggestions do you have for learning to be in tune to your body, or as you said, body awareness? Yeah, well, the main thing is is that noticing where your mind is going all the time otherwise, and, and sort of understanding the uselessness of most of the ways that we're using our minds. Uh, there's no real training we get for using the human part of the mind at all. Um, we've learned everything through repetition. So learning about these processes, you know, and deliberately getting into them can help a lot. Uh, you know, for the face, uh, emotional expression, there's a author named Paul Ekman. And there's that TV show, Lie to Me, they get into all his research and, and techniques in that show in a, a fictionalized way. But in terms of smiling, for example, there's only one genuine smile and it's where the eyes kind of squint a little bit. Uh, the eyes squint and the forehead moves and the, you can see that it's a genuine smile. The lips aren't all tense and pursed together. Uh, once you learn that, then you'll, again, the, the secrets of rapport start to open up because you'll know if you're getting that one smile or not. Although it can be kind of sad to learn it uh, because you'll notice how many people aren't really smiling when they when they give you that expression. But yeah, so there's lots of different ways. You can also just choose a body part in the morning and decide to stay aware of that throughout the entire day and then check in at the end of the day, see how much uh, you were actually able to be aware of it. Another way is just becoming more aware of your own space in your own house. You know, how many objects do you keep that are uh, worthless and just keeping you down emotionally? You know, stuff from old relationships, whatever. Cleaning out that kind of stuff or uh, washing your windows or cleaning your house as if you had been hired to clean it. You know, it'll give you a whole new perspective on who's living there. <laughs> so those kind of things, becoming aware of just the space right around you instead of all, a, a lot of bigger, uh, more abstract ideas. And that'll, that'll help becoming aware again of what's really going on. Uh, there's a really simple approach to, um, I guess you could call it a type of meditation. I, I hesitate to use that word because people are really confused about it, but you say out loud everything you sense and feel in your body, but with no interpretations and, and no movements. So it, in doing that experiment, say for 10 minutes a day, you'll notice really fast the difference between what you're actually sensing in your body versus all the different uh, ideas of the mind. So you wouldn't say something like, Oh, I feel a headache, but you'd say, I feel some uh, sharp pressure at the upper front left portion of my head. So you see the difference there. And then learning to do that with your body awareness, then again, you, you go out into the world and you can see what's actually going on instead of all your ideas about what's going on. And that's the key, just becoming aware of what's actually happening, which is usually way, way, way more simple uh, than the mind is making it out to be. You know, a group of people at a bar is a pretty simple situation. There's not a lot that's going on. There's not really any threats to your life there, uh, no matter what you do. So if you can get clear about that, and it's through, you know, it takes a little work to, like you said, you know, to, to work on the smiling muscles and to work on becoming more aware of what's going on. If you're used to uh, being on autopilot all the time, it'll feel a little bit laborious to start getting down to work, you know, in the beginning. I love that statement you made about cleaning your apartment or your house as if you were paid to do it. 
mm-hmm. because we fall in, we all fall into these patterns and sometimes it's hard to break out of the patterns. And that kind of is an example of like, if somebody doesn't keep a very clean house, kind of stepping, stepping up. And I feel like you could do one of the, one of the first examples that popped into my head when you talk about cleaning kind of things out, I'm a big advocate of throwing away holy so- socks. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, go through your wardrobe, and if you have holy socks or holy underwear, and, and, and throw that shit away. And and it kind of goes back to the same thing. Like when you're going through your wardrobe, think about whether or not you would dress somebody in these clothes. Yeah, exactly. And if exactly. you if you wouldn't dress somebody in those clothes, then why the hell would you put them on your own body? Right. And so I feel like that idea. I love the way that you phrased that. I feel like that idea can be applied to so many different aspects of our lives. Yeah. And there's got to be a way you can step aside and see those things. You know, like you said, if you're used to, to keeping your house in a certain way, then when you go to clean it as if somebody paid you to do so, you might be moving the furniture around and uh, seeing everything in a new light, which will then show you how your, how your space is actually, you know, uh, again, it's either helping or hindering you toward what you want. So becoming aware of it allows you to make it, your space actually help you uh, toward what you want. There's tons of simple things. If you don't go to the gym or you don't work out or something, you can set up a space where between when you wake up and walk to the kitchen, you have to see your workout gear or something like that. You know, just little tiny nudges all over the space that'll keep you keep you focused on what it is you actually want to accomplish. Well, even, even outside space, that same idea you mentioned working out. If you go out to the gym and you work out like somebody you were paying someone to train you, Right. You're probably going to push yourself a little bit harder than if you're like, oh, I'm just, I went out to the gym today and I, I did a few sets. But if I was paying somebody a thousand dollars an hour to train me, what would I do in this hour? Exactly. So that's, it's interesting that we don't give ourselves that much authority on our own lives. You know what I mean? <laughs> we, we'll take the authority from other people and, and listen to them and respect that. But we don't respect our own authority on our own lives when, when actually you're, you're the expert on your own life. I mean, who else could be? You're the one that's been there living it this whole time. It's just a matter of starting to look at it and see it more clearly. That's genius. I, I think that's absolutely genius. I, if li- listeners want to learn to be more attractive, authentic, seductive. How can they, they do that? Those are three kind of separate things. They, they work together, though. The authenticity, again, will come from not operating from a, a position of mental conflict. You know, So if you, you're getting rid of the body conflicts and getting rid of uh, uh, these bizarre expectations about how reality is supposed to go, and then also the emotional uh, entrenchment and response from, you know, there's people who build their whole life around their failed expectations and they'll tell you about it constantly about how every situation has let them down, you know, full of complaining and things. And of course that's, that's not very authentic. I think a a genuine appreciation and sort of curiosity about life, that's probably as authentic as it gets. If you start being able to admit to yourself, I don't really know what's going on with life. It seems to be kind of a bizarre thing that we appear into and start exploring uh, and from there, you, you know, cutting yourself down a little, getting rid of all the things you think you know uh, are true, but that you never actually questioned, that leads you into an authentic kind of place. And then that type of communication you use as well, if you become a better listener and then communicate directly with what other people are saying and feeling, then you're going to come off as more authentic. But again, the idea, there's a couple different ways to live life, you know, and one is, one is basically based on uh, manipulation all the time, and the other is more flowing with what's actually happening. Uh, so by breaking apart the tensions and getting in touch with what you actually want 
uh, and learning to ask for what you want in every situation, then you will be authentic. I mean, you'll, you'll just come automatically. And then in being authentic, the attraction is going to come somewhat effortlessly as well. But if you want to learn to be attractive, then listen to what other people are saying and, and show them that they are genuinely important to you. You know, that's the basic key to, to attractiveness is show other people that they are, they're actually important to you and you value what they're working on and what they have to say. If you don't, I don't see what you're up to, why you want to attract someone who you don't value and who you don't feel like is important. I, I don't see the point of that. That's not, not authentic and it's not going to go too far, you know? Uh, and then, so the seductive thing, again, if you're being, paying close attention to what another person likes and, and, um, addressing that and being aware of it and having fun and enjoying yourself, that's, again, that's going to be pretty naturally seductive. If that's what you're feeling that you want to get up to. And you'll know uh, the people who want to do that with you. It'll become obvious and you'll attract them. Again, somewhat, some of this stuff is pretty effortless once you get working on it. Uh, I know that doesn't sound, that might not even sound believable to someone who's had a lot of trouble with, with these things. But I assure you that your problems are a lot smaller than they appear to be in your mind. Our minds focus on problems. You know, you could have a vacation for a week and one horrible day. And what's going to happen? You're going to tell everybody about that one horrible day when the other six days were just beautiful and amazing. And you did um, outstanding things on those days. We tend to focus, you know, look at all your relationships and uh, you could have one bad argument with a person and then they think that ruins weeks and weeks of, of great experiences. As you were talking, I, I imagined a cart rolling down a set of rails. And if there's friction, it doesn't really take uh, very much, a couple rocks in the way, it will stop the cart. But if you cleared those couple spots of friction, things roll pretty smoothly. And I feel like there's a lot of that in life where we create these frictions for ourselves. And once you clear out those frictions, and, and I agree with you, I think a lot of them are that most people don't have as many as they think they do. And the ones that they do have, they blow way out of proportion in their mind. Mm -hmm. And so they make them into much bigger things than they, they would be to other people. And actually going back to that same idea you talked about earlier, if you ask somebody else, if you met somebody else who had the same issue, how would you react to it? Right. And most of the time, and you can think about the most extreme things. Somebody says like, I was raped. I was this, I was that. And if you met somebody else, it wouldn't affect you the way that we allow these things to affect ourselves. Yeah, exactly. You know, you wouldn't uh, judge somebody. Exactly. Yeah, and that's another thing you can work on in some pretty cool ways with hypnosis is to go in and, you know, one of one of the ways they talk about is like inner child work, but you can reframe it depending on who you're working with. If someone wasn't, uh, if that wasn't cool enough, you know, but some conversation with your unconscious, you know what I mean? You go down set of stairs in your mind and they're in the hallway and then a door and then there's somebody in there and uh, they're going to you know, it's your younger self or your future self or whoever you want, you know, whoever can tell you these things, but to get a clear picture on, on that and to accept uh, things about yourself. That's one of the, the main parts of the work too, is, is 100% self-acceptance, you know, starting with the idea that you're the most important person in your life. I mean, nothing else exists without you. It's all in reference to your own perception. So starting there and then accepting yourself fully, no matter what's gone on in your life, uh, that can free you up. The projects you start to do at that point aren't to make you okay anymore. You know, you become, you start to do things because you enjoy doing them. So failure isn't, isn't much of a fear at that point because you, whether you succeed or fail at a given aspiration, you're still doing what you really want to be doing. So you already win along the way. That leads me to a few different questions I have for you. How do you help your clients overcome fear, doubt, 
negative self-limiting beliefs or what strategies? Well, again, a lot of this stuff fades away on its own through doing some of the, uh, the undoing exercises and the deeper breathing. Breathing gets your, if you just learn to breathe more deeply throughout the day and to understand, like I said, understanding what hypnosis is, a lot of people are in some hyper suggestible state uh, in the middle of the day because their blood sugar drops and then they get overwhelmed with traffic and all this kind of thing. So stepping outside of that, getting out of that state of hypersuggestibility, just through deep breathing, you're not gonna have as much fear and not gonna have as many um, emotional traumas throughout the day that overwhelm you. You can just breathe and the stuff passes. Uh, when we get all tense and hold on to it, then the emotion sits and repeats and repeats till you let it go. And again, feeling what's actually going on makes it move a lot faster through the system. Uh, so overcoming fears, well, what's interesting about that, there's a difference between fears and phobias. Most of who's listening to the show probably has a phobia of uh, approaching women, for an example. There's not usually a fear uh, unless they've had a specific bad experience. Uh, with a fear, you have to have a, there's a rational reason behind fears. So if you get into an actual car accident and then you're afraid of driving, well, we know the origin was that car accident. You can go in and deal with that. Uh, feel it again and, and realize that it doesn't need to apply to all future driving situations. With approaching women, that's often probably a phobia and it can relate to all kinds of things, but it's, it's usually guys will even have uh, anticipatory anxiety. You know, they're thinking about the situation and they're already getting anxious before even going into it. So we look at that whole situation and, and then one approach is, is systematic desensitization. So get a guy to, to sit and go through the entire situation in his mind from thinking about going out all the way to ending up at home with the situation he wants at the end of it. And each step of the way, bringing a more comfortable, relaxed and confident feeling into those situations. So that's one way we'd overcome that particular anxiety. And again, just through some of the exercises, if a guy does some face stretching and shoulders to ears and some, some of those, uh, some deep breathing before going out, it's just gonna make things a lot more smooth. Whoever's listening, you can prove that to yourself. Just do some of the exercises we've mentioned and then go out and see uh, and experience the difference. Uh, and in terms of negative and limiting beliefs, you know, we uh, got to sort of dig those out through conversation in a few sessions. And then once we've identified some of those negative or limiting, limiting beliefs and where they come from, it's pretty easy to go in uh, using hypnotic techniques to be able to change those, to be able to rewrite those. And usually, you know, once a person sees a belief clearly, uh, it evaporates because beliefs are not true. They're just an assumption taken on faith. That's what the word belief means. That's the actual definition. So, so any belief that you have, you probably don't know you have it, number one. And then uh, number two, you didn't create it yourself. It's, it's an assumption you got from someone else. And then third, if you actually see it clearly, um, it has to disappear by its very nature. It's funny, we often tell my clients that you live in a box and these boxes are your habits. And it might be habits that you have with behavioral habits. It might be movements that you normally make. It might be facial expressions that you normally make or even emotions that tend to dominate your day but you have to learn to stretch these if you're not happy if you're not happy with what you're now getting uh, you're gonna have to stretch these and and how do you do that well all these things that you're talking about stretching your your facial muscles or stretching your emotions or stretching your experience whether it's by doing things internally or externally going out and getting new experiences so this stuff makes so much sense to me yeah it works it works really well just to attack it from a bodily perspective because everybody's got a body there 
and everybody can uh, has a you know a wealth of experience that they can work with uh, it's already there so yeah this is the approach we use doesn't add any new besides you know the 100% self acceptance we don't really add a lot of new concepts or anything we actually just start breaking apart everything that's there so you can rely on your own natural organic wisdom in whatever situation you find yourself in can you talk a little bit about how anxieties or issues or fears hide in our physiology well, again, you know, you just watch people out in the world, just sit at a coffee shop or on a busy street corner and look at how or how people are carrying their bodies. But yeah, you get anxiety again in the in the shoulders, for example. And the, the more they pull up, then the more uh, anxiety you'll feel. The way anxiety happens too is again, you get a, you have a certain amount of message units, so to speak, that you can take in in your critical mind. Uh, sort of empty in the morning, but it, once it reaches a certain point, you get it hyper-suggestible and you feel like you want to get away from people. You know, at the end of the day, you might feel like running away and hiding. So the anxiety builds up. When you start to feel overwhelmed, uh, you're going to also feel a sense of anxiety. And then what has to happen there is, again, the fight or flight response arises. And a lot of people escape into depression from that. And then when they start feeling, again, uh, enlivened, it'll come out in the form of anxiety and then they dive even deeper into the, the depression. But we carry the anxiety around with us, again, mostly in the face, feeling upset, tensing the face muscles, and it just creates a feedback loop into the brain. We're always telling our brain with our body how things are going out here. And so if you can become aware of that and then use your body in a way that tells your brain things are okay and everything's fine and we're keeping an eye on the situation, then the body relaxes a lot more. But your, yeah, your initial question was, how is our body affecting the anxiety level throughout the day? Well, I mean, the, the reason you feel anxiety is just that you have a body to feel things. So uh, the body's just letting you know we're getting overwhelmed right now. Uh, in, in any of those situations, you can just take a deep breath and even tell yourself in your mind, okay, I'm going to dehypnotize myself right now. I'm getting overwhelmed, but I don't need to be. And you take a few deep breaths and let it go. If you need to stretch your face or do some of the exercises. Uh, one of the more powerful ones uh, for coughing up a message unit, so to speak, is to do the gag reflex. So you actually will drink some water. And uh, not after eating a lot of food, of course, but drink some water and then actually elicit uh, the gag reflex from the lower belly all the way up into the face. If you're ever having a panic attack or you're feeling really upset, that will uh, just set you straight. You know, it'll re it sort of reboots the emotional system. Why is that? Uh, well, there's a lot. Uh, there's a nerve that drops down from the face all the way down into the belly. That nerve is relaxed by doing that. Number one, that's also affected by doing the face stretches. Uh, but also what happens when you start getting anxious and tense is you'll notice the diaphragm and then all the stomach muscles start pulling up and in and we start breathing with only our chest. So again, that emergency type of breathing is going on and it's restricting all those muscles, like especially the diaphragm. When you do the gag reflex, it pops the diaphragm and the rectus abdominis and all the other muscles down there up. Uh, and in so doing, they have to relax after that uh, massive amount of tension in a short amount of time. So those muscles will relax and then allows you to breathe more. And then that extra breath sends more oxygen and more blood to the brain. So it's less constricted. When it's less constricted, you can see more options. And when you see more options, you can be more relaxed because you have a choice in what's going on. You're not being forced into things. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how the gag reflex works. But again, to, to think about how it works. Uh, versus going and having the experience for yourself. You know, if you have the ability to, to do it and feel it, then you'll have your real answer. Your real answer is what happens when you do it yourself, you know? Yeah, I think it's it's helpful to have somebody explain some of these concepts, even though yeah. I absolutely feel like 
in the end, we want people to experience them. We want them to feel, feel these different experiences to become aware of how they're feeling, to be conscious of that and, and kind of learn to, as we were talking about earlier, get rid of these different frictions in our, ourselves, our bodies, how to remove them. Cause once you've gone through the experience of removing them, you can remove them quicker. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You become more aware of when they're coming up and, and then, you know, you, life stops feeling like a, like a threat or like a, you know, sur- episode of survivor. And instead you can actually have adventures and, and a lot of fun. You know, life can really be a lot of fun every day. I don't know how many people realize that uh, or not, but it definitely can be. Uh, your friends might get upset if you start having too much fun, you know, but there'll be other people uh, that will really enjoy that. Can, actually, uh, can you explain that? Because that's, I think that's true. That uh, specifically what part that, that it's possible to have fun every day? No, the, the idea that your friends sometimes, <laughs> if you're having too much fun, might get upset and you'll meet new people. Well, imagine, you know, if you if you have friends who are living their life based on complaining about their situation. And I, I know some people like this, people I even care about, uh, but I don't spend much time around who are just using all their effort to, to complain about things. I mean, just to be upset about every little thing that happens in their life. Uh, but you could meet other people who have lost a limb and, you know, had horrific, bizarre experiences and who are just super excited about life uh, every day. It doesn't mean that'll happen because of those experiences, but just that the the spectrum is very wide about what's possible. But yeah, with, with undoing, a lot of times what happens, I and mean, when you start changing one part of a system, and if, if you're living with a bunch of people or you have a friend group, if one of those guys starts changing it, the, the system tries to kind of maintain homeostasis. So if one person is really improving their life, I mean, you can imagine if you hung out with a bunch of guys who are used to just drinking and not doing too much, and one of them starts to become, you know, a uh, six figure, you know, online business operator or something like that, you know, everything's going to change, uh, with those relationships and with those people. But ju- just on the general idea of having a lot more fun in your life. Yeah. If there's people around you who are complaining all the time, they're not going to understand why you're having so much fun and it's going to be difficult for them to be around you. And then for you to be around them as well. I know for me, when I first became an, uh, more deeply aware of what was going on with all the undoing stuff and working on that pretty heavily on myself. Uh, there was a, a real moment when I could tell that my situation in the town I was living in was just finished and I had nothing to say to anyone there anymore. And even though a week earlier I was hanging out with all these people, uh, it just became clear that none of it was going in a direction I wanted to go in. And I saw a window of opportunity to get out of there and just step aside from it and start working with people more on, on things I really enjoyed. So often that is how, that's how it'll happen. It won't even be that other people will reject you. It's just that you'll, you'll leave uh, folks behind as you start living a life you really enjoy. I, I think you're absolutely hundred percent right. I often think of a snake shedding its skin and I feel like as human beings, as we grow, sometimes we just outgrow our lives. Yeah, exactly. And that's totally fine. That's great. It's a natural process. And, uh, you know, life is, is pretty amazing, like I said. And, and as you start having fun with it, yeah, you'll find that you just end up surrounded by people that are doing the same. And it, it comes pretty naturally. I mean, this has been absolutely fascinating. Actually, this is one of my favorite podcasts that I've done for a variety of reasons that I won't have time to get into here. But uh, do you have any kind of last ideas, thoughts, feelings, perspectives, words of wisdom? Well, the main thing here, uh, like we've mentioned quite a few times, is first to keep in mind, find out what it is you really like, what's going to bring you a lot of satisfaction uh, in your life, and then start moving towards that. And it doesn't matter if it's something that 
uh, anybody else likes or that anyone else thinks is important. It just matters if, if you do. Uh, that's the first main thing. The second thing is that letting go is often the easiest way uh, to get what you want. Just just let go. And, and uh, by that, I mean uh, of anything that you're clinging to in any situation. You don't need any more than what you already are. And so let go a little bit and then life can open up for you. And then finally, again, just keep your mind on your body uh, as much as possible. And always ask for what you want of yourself and of other people. It doesn't matter if it's absurd uh, ridiculous seeming to you and you'll be surprised at how often you'll actually get it uh, and it makes your life a lot easier just be clear about what you want people can give it or not uh, but then you're you're clear Jerry, this has been absolutely awesome i'm going to wrap this up thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me it's been an absolute pleasure and if you're listening you want to learn more about garrett i'm going to put some links on the craft Christmas website and within the description of this podcast so you can get access to them more easily thank you so much for taking the time yeah man thanks for having me on and uh, maybe we'll do this again sometime it's dating coach chris Thona here thank you so much for taking the time to listen and we absolutely love making this podcast we make this podcast for you so if there's somebody that you want on the show let me know i will yell scream stand in front of their house do everything i do to get them on the show for you also, don't hesitate to follow the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher. You can also give us a shout out through social media, Facebook, Twitter, share it with your friends. And lastly, go to the Craft Christmas website and create an account. There you can talk about the podcast and communicate with me directly. So thank you again for taking time to listen. You will hear again from me soon.